0: Hi, it's Richard here. Just a couple of things to make you aware of. Uh, firstly, there are some audio issues on the interview uh, with myself and Matt Gilbert from Mantic Games. Um, we hope we, we hope that that doesn't detract from what is a rather interesting and fascinating look uh, into the world of you know Kickstarter and Mantic Games. On a On a second note, uh, just really wanted to because we don't do it enough, is to just thank um, thank you for listening to the show. And whether it be your first episode or whether you've been following us for some time, we really appreciate everybody who does take the time to listen because we are aware there are a lot of um, podcasts out there that do what we do. And we also appreciate everybody who has ever kind of, you know, who, people who tweet us, who interact with us all across social media as well. So um again just from myself and from Colin just a big thank you for doing that. Um, and now um, on with the on with the show and uh, bye for now here's some 1980s sitcom guitar music that I decided on. <laughs> To another episode of uh, We Are Not Wizards, it's going to be—it's a bit of a sad one. There's, um, there's some horrible breakup news going about at the moment. You might have heard, obviously, that the Great British Bake Off is going to be leaving the BBC to go to Channel Four, and also there's a horrible situation where the wonderful Games Workshop is going to be separating itself from Fantasy Final Fantasy Flight Games. So there is only one thing to do in these distraught times which is to sit around and chat about board games. This is We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard and this episode is going to be called No Dread or even a saga, just some romantic games. And it's with uh, I'm going to have a special guest tonight who is a gentleman by the name of Matt Gilbert. So hello Matt, how are you?
1: Very
0: good, thank you. No, good. I'm. Yeah, I'm very good. I'm very. Um, I'm very. I'm excited to have you on. Um, because, um, we've spoken about Mantic a couple of times on the on the podcast, and uh, I'm just really happy that you've uh, you've you've uh, you've accepted our invitation to come on and and have a chat. Um, now for those who are listening to us for the first time, the reason that we do this is because. There's not enough podcasts out there about board games. And there is also not enough podcasts out there about two guys having a good old chat about cardboard. <laughs> um, so, Mats, you've... How long have you... Yeah, tell us... For for those that aren't aware, Mantic, Mantic Games um, makes board games... They've made board games like uh, Dreadball, Dead Zone uh they made the Mars attack board game they made uh, recently they've made Dungeon Saga Dreadball 2 um you've currently running a um a camp you've just almost finished is it finished a campaign for the walking dead a kind of skirmish game on that is that right yeah so I, I guess you
1: know if i if i look back and actually just a little bit about myself so a year ago i was yeah. i was just like you i was i didn't work for Mantic i was uh, one mm-hmm. of Mantic's customers um, so as a you know I've been a, more a war gamer but in in recent years um, certainly a lot, uh, moving on a lot more into board games uh, mm. just just the nature of my gaming group as we've moved on got a bit got a bit older taste change etc um, mm. but you know it's been a, a, a Mantic customer um, and now I work for them which my wife said is inevitable but <laughs> there we go um, <laughs> mantics man, mantics origins, and um, certainly in, in the staff, and you know, and this comes from Ronnie, uh, the owner, who used to be used to work and was very high up at Games Workshop. You know.
0: um,
1: yeah. Mantic's Origins are in war games, tabletop gaming, um, and, it's, and there they've moved into kind of the hybrid games, which I'd say things like Dead Zone and Walking Dead and, as you mentioned, Mass Attack, those kind of crossover games. Yeah. It's a war game. But it's on a board, <laughs> you know, you're with a, with a yeah. limited space, it's that, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's got kind of like that kind of skirmishy feel, but you've got cards, you know, and, and, and so there's some board game mechanics creeping in. Um, and uh, some of the ones you've mentioned, then, where you've got, you know, Dreadball, which is obviously a. Very much still miniatures, but it's a board game. As you know, it's a set. It, it's on a page. It's, it's, it's kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's violent football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and as you said, you know, yeah, the dun- Dungeon Saga, which has obviously been hugely, hugely popular, kind of that classic, classic uh, dungeon crawling experience, which is much mm. more on, the, on towards the, on the, the board game spectrum of, um, uh, uh, of games. So you know, so. So how did
0: how did you get into? It? I mean, what was your? I mean, how did you cut your teeth on board games? I mean, are you a, were you a Monopoly a Monopoly man? I mean, everybody's played Monopoly. Um, were you something? I mean, is this something you've just got into, or have you been board gaming since you know the Games Workshop type thing? Oh yeah, how I mean, you, how did uh, you?
1: When I was eleven, I think. Which was uh, let me work this out, 1986? Uh so yeah, around 86, 87, I kinda got into um fighting fantasy, you know, the adventure game books. Um oh, yeah. from there I I um, picked up you know, I
0: was born in seven I was born in seventy four myself, Matt. Okay. So we probably We're probably, yeah. about this. probably, we're probably similar, not too far off the same story, age, so. yeah. Um, we can sit and reminisce about a bit of uh, f- uh, fight and fantasy. Yep, that's good. Always <laughs> that's good.
1: Fine. And I, we'll get back to that later. To so, uh, something I, uh, which you probably saw out of the Dungeon Saga campaign. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so kind of from there and that that kind of hooked me into fantasy and uh, fantasy has always been my my first love. From that um, so, and from there, it's probably a similar story to a lot of people. Picked up White Dwarf, got got into mm-hmm. a Games Workshop, picked up Warhammer. Went through the whole, you know, the hero quest, advanced hero quest, space cruise set space Hulk, all of it, you know, blood bowl, all those, all of those kind of things. Um, the, and, then, the staple, and then, yeah, the and then, games. and then, kind of branched out. So when I got to a little bit exploring outside of the, the Games Workshop world um, as um, as I grew up, but once I got to university, some friends of mine from Games Workshop uh, there um, left and joined, started their own gaming shop. Um, so then we kind of branched out into other games, Battletech, mm-hmm. Silent Death, we started playing some cuts as well, around that time mm-hmm. I it was Star Trek, Star Wars cards, collectible card games were coming out, we did some Dragon Dice, I don't know if you remember those.
0: Yeah, uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah,
1: so you know, kind of branched, a lot of that kind of stuff, um, and I think Battletech cards as well. Then we went kind of full circle, like round to uh games workshop games and stuff again and then as i said in recent recent years myself and the gaming group picked up a lot of board games um some of them um some of the fantasy flight type stuff um because it was it was linked with uh with gw and then we then we discovered mantic started doing their bits and pieces but you know mm-hmm. i've got i've got kids of an age now that want to in, you're interested in playing games and things as well. So we've got, yeah. gone back to classics like uh, like Monopoly and, <laughs> and things like that. that, that you know, involved. Have you played
0: have you played some of the newer Monopoly versions? They're not um they kinda take the competition out of it all. They make it very, very kind of everybody wins kind of thing. There's no, no property tycoon that kinda wins, you know? No, no,
1: no, we've got t- traditional <laughs> traditional only <laughs> Um, and I've, you know and there's been some things we picked up on, on Kickstarter. So I picked up um, One Dance, um, which was, okay. yeah, that was a good one, which everyone enjoys. Um, and we're, you know, and, and then I've kind of everyone's like, oh, we should play some more games. Okay, which is great. <laughs> so you know, I've uh, looked out what um, looked on review sites and things like that. Okay, what's good for families? What's good for for, for kids learning, so I picked up things like yeah. ticket to Ride. What and have you like found?
0: That. What have you found with that? Because obviously, I mean, it's I mean, my kids are um, my kids are well, twelve, ten, and I've got a very young one. So, have you? How have you done with your quest into into kind of getting kind of younger, more mod? you know what I mean? More moderny type games. Not your like your Monopolies and your sorries of this world, but proper kind of what you would you and me would call board games have you have you managed to pick up ones yourselves that you can sit down with the kids and enjoy uh
1: yeah my my eldest more so and she's more inclined to do it anyway and in fact she's She's um, collecting a lot of models as well, so she's also interested in kind of a bit of model painting and and oh, like yeah, okay. Uh, you know, she and um, I think she went up. She was off downtown with, uh, with a with a of her friends, and uh, she dragged them all into Games Workshop, much to the, the stunned amusement of everyone in there. I think, you know, <laughs> bought some booster bags and paints, for them, and marched back out again. <laughs> you know, kind of, I don't. Yeah. I don't
0: know um, if the Games Workshop staff would be used to having lots of uh, younger girls kind of running around them, yeah, getting not, enthusiastic I'm about not, models. I'm
1: not sure they were, but, uh, but, she, but she did it, uh, Vessa. Um, and um, <laughs> she's... Uh, I think she's, In fact, both of them, I think, want to come to uh, work with me on the, the beginning of the month, because um, Manticure started doing a kind of public gaming day, first day of every... M- or first Saturday of every month, and they're both going to come along to that and have, a, have some play some games and stuff like pretty that. That's cool. Um, yeah,
0: so a- you... Are you like the cool? Are you like a cool dad then? Because well, you will be. I, I, I mean, I, if you've I got folk, in, I, if you got folk in the class, and they will be like, ah, "So, what does your dad do? He's an engineer. What does your dad do? He's a math teacher. What does your dad do? He works at a board game company with dungeon stuff and Dreadball and stuff." And it's wow. like, "Wow." Yeah. It it do, have, like <laughs> um, yeah. do you have? um Do you have quite an? Do you have quite an extensive collection yourself of? kind of board games then?
1: Huh? Um I do and they go all the way back. I mean I've never thrown anything away so everything's you know back from when I was uh, was a uh, I've still got it all. <laughs> um, have you got
0: he- have you still got like Hero Quest and Space Crusade and yes, Advanced could, yeah, Space yeah, Crusade. Have um, you? Yeah, got
1: all of those. Um, in fact so I ra- think I've got a couple of copies of Hero Quest. Um, which, I've, mm-hmm. which I've which I have cracked out and played with uh played Looker. Um and that they uh, they've enjoyed it. And you know, in, in, into that mix as so I said we've thrown, uh, thrown some, some new things as well, um which they all enjoyed. Ticket to ride they quite they they both enjoy. Uh,
0: have you um have you tried code names yet?
1: Uh we played it in work uh the um a couple of months back and I was not as to at it. <laughs> but, uh, I still won though. Yeah my
0: My kids my kids currently kinda love um they love code names and everything. I mean, if if we get a spare half an hour then they want to play it. I mean that's how much they kinda they kinda like it. I mean we've uh, we've played I mean looking for kinda simpler games, I mentioned on a previous podcast that I, I got the kids involved in playing a game of pandemic to right. teach them that to teach them that life is short. But we've also <laughs> played uh, we've also played games like Mice and Mystics. They really liked um, Mice and Mystics by Played Hat Games, which was quite um it's very visual, it's very arty it's also very very kind of cute because it's little mice fighting rats and other things like that um with you being in the industry are there um other other games that you i mean are the games that you've seen recently that you've you, you'd like the look of that you would like to get to the table yourself you know
1: Bizarrely, my uh, in the, the last year since actually starting to work for for Mantic, I've, like, the amount of gaming I've done has plummeted to almost nothing at the moment. But that's, 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 that's partly because of the amount of the amount I've got going on in work that you know just kind of keeping everything running and organised and making sure things are on track, etc. Um, and just yes. the last you know the last year. It was six months, or actually more than that, eight months before we all moved up to Nottingham, and I've been commuting yeah. in in that time. Just haven't had time to to game really. Um, so I think, but the end of this year, everyone will be we Will have moved into our house. I'll have my games room back. I can get all my stuff back out of boxes. I can fill it all up. <laughs> you know, I can have a games night again on my. Back to Wednesday games um, nights and things like that. And, uh, are you
0: are you a keeping? Are you do you keep your board games in open display on the shelf or do you keep them hidden in a the cupboard? Uh,
1: they're all on open, were well, all on open display on a shelf in my games room. That I've I don't have any more, but I'm getting back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that a negotiated thing with a sale? If we get if we're getting a house, darling, then we're having a room that's gonna have all my board games in it.
1: No, oh, no, there was, there, was no, there was no negotiation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then your your wife sounds like a lovely woman.
1: <laughs> she she played uh she played Warhammer Quest for uh a year. We had um I think was it was, really? it, I think it was yes it was Warhammer Quest. Was, um, yeah. every Saturday we went around for yeah, it was about a year. We uh, we, we played with another with another couple and another guy as well. So five of us yeah. adventuring. Yeah, she learned to play Blood Bowl as well. I think that those that was, that was a, a while ago though when we were uh I was, going out. was that when you were first kind of going out? <laughs> yeah, and I think once the novelty had worn
0: off and the claws were in, then it was. Uh, <laughs> kind of the, our eyes, our eyes met over a ripped orc torso. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is I mean, with go with with you being at the front of it. Other games that you've that you've had a nosy at, you've had a look at. You know, at the moment. Um, there's games like Scythe, which seems to be getting a lot of a lot of a lot of attention from the press. Have you? Is there any games that you've looked at and went, "Oh, that's an interesting concept" or anything like that? or Are you just purely having to concentrate on your your day to days?
1: At the moment, yeah, I'm I'm more just kind of concentrating, getting because you know, I I come from an IT background, not obviously any kind right. of gaming background or anything like that. The only, my gaming background is as a consumer um, and as a <laughs> Um mm. so you know, it's it's a big it's a learning curve for me in, in that regard and just to ensure that, you know, that what what Mantix producing and delivering is all on, on track and you know and and everything's running smoothly. I think once I've once I got to grips with that I'll be able to look um look a bit a bit wider. When when just I'm looking look, yeah look a, when I'm looking look for games now. Exactly. When I'm looking for games now I'm looking for myself and whether it's something I would want to buy for me, are the girls gonna want to play it, that kind of thing. The other guys, uh, certainly like Ronnie Stewart, who's our um, who's our studio manager. You know, when we've yeah. got ideas for games, um, we'll go and look at what else is out there. They'll go and look at what else is out there. They'll go buy them, play them. You know, what's good, mm. what's bad. You know, what what makes what um, are working. What's you know, what feels new, what feels fresh. You know, how do we mix things up? So they're always looking at those, at those kind of things. Um, so
0: is it quite is it quite an open office in terms of throwing about ideas and stuff like that or are you kind of I mean for people that aren't aware you're like the the COO you're the the chief operating officer if and correct me if I'm wrong yes. but do you um, is it still you know do you have the chats with Ronnie and the likes and saying does he say oh would you think of this or what would you think of that or you said or you said right get to your desk and get this paperwork done kind of thing. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I mean, it,
1: it, it it, it, it's it's definitely you know. And anyone can um, anyone can come and, uh, with ideas. You know, we've got we've got guys in the warehouse who are interested in writing rules and things like that. Great, they mm. want to do that. Everyone wants to get involved in playtesting. You know, if we if we're writing something new, it'll either be you know after hours or we, we have a Mantic gaming even on uh, Tuesday, so, which you know mm. open to staff and stuff. So people will do all sorts, and it might not just be Mantic games. People can bring whatever they want. And, Hmm. Play. Um, So, you know, it's it's very open. There's ideas always thrown around. Um, And, uh, you know, we're obviously, there's there's a Stuart and Ronnie and myself, a few weeks sat down and looked at the whole of the rest of this year running into all the end to the end of next year um, in terms of, you know, kind of release schedule, what do we want to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. And we all want to get to a point where we're looking even further out. So, you know, we're working on stuff you know the 6 9 months
0: even a year out uh, is it is it like constantly i mean i you you must be in the situation where you you obviously know what's going to be happening yeah and are you i mean you must have sat on like you must have known about the walking dead coming on so did you know about the walking dead and everybody else? you had to keep completely quiet about it I, was it that kind of situation yeah
1: i i i knew they had the license before before I started working here, because I was a I was a pathfinder, which is a romantic kind of volunteer for go out to, to shops and and uh, an events uh-huh. and things like that and do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and I'd been friends with Stuart and Ronnie and everyone for for a long time, well for years. Um, and uh-huh. and I and I I knew that they had the license for The Walking Dead for probably six or nine months before the. Kickstarter, maybe even a year it was you know they had it for a while and they were working on it for a while before before it went to uh, went to kickstarter um yeah. yeah i knew about that but yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff obviously that i know about now <laughs> that we've, that <laughs> we've sat <laughs> and said oh we should do this we should do this we should do this and i planned it in for when you know when it's when it's going to land when we need to start wow. doing stuff That's so you know cool. so the, the last last couple of weeks i've taken that here's here's all the great things we want to do and when we want to do them by and then I've had to reverse engineer that back through you know know, to order in the cardboard and stuff like that backwards from dispatching, shipping, production, tooling, manufacture, you know, rules to design, all the way backwards. And it's like, oh, hang on, we're supposed to have started that three weeks ago. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> we're 17 weeks behind schedule already. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. What are you doing standing there? Get on with those resin miniatures. I want to see 150 big marshmallow people <laughs> yeah, exactly. before the day's gone kind of thing. Is um, is the kind of the... Cause There'll be a lot, well, there'll be hopefully a lot of people listening to the podcast. Um, we're weird, You know, is the kind of the reality of working in the industry, is it different to the kind of the hazy dream about thinking about working in the industry kind of thing? Is there a massive difference between what you thought it was going to be like and what the reality is? I
1: um, think so. I think, I, you know, I, I knew. I knew it was going to be busy. You know, I and I, hmm. I, I knew that you know I was coming into um, you know everyone in Zomantic are quite this big big you know, big company with these these huge projects. It's actually a small company, big projects. Hmm. You know, and, there, and there's there you know everyone's up. Everyone's got lots to do, um, and hmm. there's with with you know with obviously with tight deadlines and stuff like that. So it's I I yeah. knew it was going to be what Ronnie was bringing me for was to try and put a lot more structure and organisation around that so that everyone wasn't yeah. you know, finding out that they had tonnes of stuff to do at the last minute and it was better planned and... <laughs> and, we, and
0: it, Let <laughs> me just send you your 150 page to-do list. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, so we know and can see months out that actually, you know, we, hmm. we, we need to do 18 pieces of lay, uh, graphic layout here and we been person to do it. Let's book some people now rather than the week before think oh hang on there's no one available you know that
0: kind of thing. just a- asking somebody so so are you any good with microsoft paint um or or crayons have you ever used plasticine um, we can even use maybe blue tack because we've run out of plasticine kind of thing but no but <laughs> i don't mean but it must be i mean um yeah i mean it sounds it sounds like you have to have a certain kind of mindset. Is it, is it kind of all hands on deck then when a project comes up? Um, because looking at the list of projects that you've done, um, because I'm meant to do, I'm meant to do research and homework. <laughs> so um, there's not. I mean, you do. I mean, you do kickstarters. I mean, that seems to be your weapon of choice for getting. Kind of um, games to the market, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't seem to have had, that, had it's a Something yeah. that we want
1: to swap. So, you know, we've been very much a Kickstarter kind of driven yeah. and backed company uh, to date, unless um, hmm. and and less on the trade side. We're trying to get to a position, and we want we a want need to get to a position where that reverses itself. So, yeah. you know, so trade the majority of the business, and yes. uh, and Kickstarter, um, you know,
0: is, is is the lesser of the of the two kind of yeah. streams. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, one, one of one of the things um, that we have mentioned in the past, and we spoke about it, is that there's obviously the big balance between. I mean, the guys that I've had on the podcast recently, I've had, um, I've had the likes of Eduardo Baraf, whose entire games thing is I get my games funded and he's just successfully funded his latest game. But if the game wasn't funded, there's no way that's getting launched. And some of the views of Kickstarter, when you see the targets that you guys have been hitting, I mean, there's not there's only one game I think that hit maybe below the four hundred you know, the three hundred thousand mark. Um and that was I think it was was it Luxo or Something? I can't uh, I've Was it uh, Lo- can uh, Loka?
1: Was it that one? Loca, yes. Yeah, and that's sorry. actually yeah, one that we, that yeah. was, that was uh, one that Mantic ran on behalf of uh, River Hall's, uh, Alessio's uh, company. Yeah. Kind of the company. So he asked, based on the, the previous Kickstarters that Mantic had done and run successfully, um, it was the first, his, yeah. it was Alessio's first foray into Kickstarter and asked Mantic to run it for him. Um, yeah.
0: Because um, 'cause because Dead was it Dead Zone yeah. did it over a million. Yes. Um, Mars you your Mars attacks, Dreadball, Dreadball Two, they've all done at least about the half million mark. Um, one of the things that obviously we discuss is is you you said just now, like, we're trying to get away from the kind of the relying on Kickstarter as much and and, and, and saying we're gonna put a game out and let the kind of trade approach you and say okay we'll have 20,000 copies for our stores kind of thing yeah. are you are you trying to move away from the kind of the almost like the pre-order Kickstarter model because it sounds like that's kind of where you're trying not, to, well, not, to go well,
1: it, we, I think we want, what we want to do is be less reliant on that to release product so hmm. you know we've off of the back of all of those Kickstarters to date we've obviously done a lot an immense amount of Tooling to uh, create create models and stuff like that, and it'd be great to be able to reuse those in new ways in new games, like that. You know, re- reuse of assets. So you don't have to tool again. the biggest expense, you know, especially for us, because a lot of our a lot of our stuff is very miniatures heavy, is is tooling costs. So you know, tools mm. uh, steel steel tools to have because you you've got. To, You've got the concepts, then you've got the sculpting, then you've got the the tooling, and that's 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 expensive. And then that tool you know the the, the the layout and all of that stuff. The how to how the tool's mm. going to get constructed? Then that steel has to be cut, um, you know. And you're talking you could be talking tens of thousands for a set, um, you know. Yeah. Once, once you once you do that, and then of course you then have to produce it. Now obviously just pl- pl- shots of plastic tool aren't very much, but they are if you're then no. if you, you've got to do that and you need to do it. Three times for a kit um or, yeah. or a box, and then you've got you send that out to five thousand people. It suddenly starts mounting yes. up very, very fast um, yeah. so a, a yeah. lot of a lot of what we get on Kickstarter is goes into tooling and that that mounts up pretty fast um, yeah, so but I suppose know,
0: getting the tools together that kind of helps with the future campaigns if you've got that tool set in place, I guess
1: so I think what you know so where where we are is we've now got we're starting to get enough traction in terms of a customer base and things like that that we know mm. we that we can start to explore creating tools and things for plastic sets outside of Kickstarter because we've got we're more confident that that tooling will repay itself in sales you know mm. straight, straight away the the danger when you're You've got a small customer base. You invest so much in in the tooling, and then if you, if it doesn't make itself back within the first month or two, you're really struggling. Um, which is why yeah. Kickstarter, having that that money there and all that commitment from people, you mm. know, it, basically you basically you 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 know that the tool is going to pay for itself. The product's there; it's ready. And of course, with all you know, once you stretch goals and everything else, the the product becomes much more than it would have ever have been. If you hadn't, if you hadn't had all that that money and that
0: commitment well, and that investment, yeah, I mean, from- let's face it. I've, I mean, a lot of the board games that that come out there, if they're not Kickstarter, it's like you're getting your final product. You don't get the, I guess you don't get the situation where you get a sign next to say um, a copy of Settlers of Catan in Waterstones or a other high street store that has, guys, if we sell fifteen hundred of these. Everybody gets an extra five tiles, kind of thing. Yeah. You don't get that in the kind of the the normal kind of retail model. So, Kickstarter can be um, it. It can open up. Um, it can obviously open up a much larger experience to the person that's back in the game in the in in the first place. Um, obviously, one of the one of the things, and let's. I mean, we had. I went on a rant in about a couple of episodes ago. Because I I I backed you know I was involved in back in Dungeon Saga, yep. and I got the, the the stuff through and you know everything kind of came through, fine you know I think probably because of how you know where you guys were based and stuff like that as well, and the I we had I had a it was a comedy rant I wasn't angry it was all very very tongue in cheek but the the main thing was the Adventurer's Companion. Now looking back on that it was quite it must, it was quite amusing when you when you see it you'd flick through it and there was some mince, misprints on it when you reprinted it, it it came in an annual and it didn't fit in the box who does who shout that about that
1: um,
0: who, who, who made that decision um, I could, well, I can
1: probably <laughs> guess. And uh, they're no
0: longer in the company. Because you gotta understand, right? I had, you know, I I'm one of these people that if you know, and me and Colin are both these people that eh, we do it like it's almost like a fire and forget kind of kickstart. I think a lot of people are the same. You kind of, you know, you look at a project, you think, oh, that's quite good, you back it, and then you forget about it because you're not kind of physically saying. Here's money. Okay, I'm taking my box away today, so it's like it can be for a different experience. But I do remember, <laughs> I do remember being at the club, <laughs> saying, "Okay, here's the here's the replacement um, companion thing," and try to put it in the box. <laughs> and I tell you, <laughs> you weren't cursed much, but you were cursed cursed a little bit. Um, I mean, but I mean there were i mean there's there obviously there were some there were some issues with delivery and logistics and stuff like that which happened you know with that kickstarter i mean when i was looking at the figures it looked like the previous ones that you've done apart from the dead zone one the dead zone one funded really really highly and then there was ones between that that seemed to be you know still funded really really well i mean most people would be delighted if they got the level of funding that you got and then dungeon saga seemed to get legs Like nobody's business. It seemed to figure it was um, featured on on the front page of Kickstarter. People were going review mad for it. People were doing videos left, right, and centre. I mean, it was, I think it ticked a lot of nostalgia boxes for people like you and me who had maybe played Hero Quest and Advanced Hero Quest. Here were little figures there was the dwarf, there was the barbarian, there was the elf, there was the wizard. I mean, this was, you know, it, 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 for me personally, it tweaked a little little nostalgia button in my head, and I went, "Okay, this is this is kind of kind of looking good." So it ended up funding kind of kind of really well. In terms of <clears throat> now, you obviously you might not have been there. In terms of kind of moving forward, was there was did it become kind of like such a big project that it grew its own arms and legs and, and stuff like that? I mean,
1: um, okay, thank certainly, uh, yeah, the on the nostalgia thing, that's exactly what was pitching it for. You know that kind yeah. of kind of golden era of those uh, those games as they overcoming out Quest, etc. That's that's where he was pitching it at. Something that the those player players of that era would pick up and play, or, or pick up and play and want to play with their kids um, mm. as well. You know, so so kind of a great great nostalgic feel to the game, but also something that kids would want to pick up or. Parents and kids you know, get into gaming, all that kind of stuff, and I think worked in that regard. I think yeah, there it does, was, yeah, yeah. And I think I think that was it was also you know, Mantic could run a number of Kickstarters at that point, and knew how to run them, knew how to engage with the community and stuff. And I think that's where you saw yeah. all that traction and that stuff coming together. Well, that um, was just
0: and, I mean, you couldn't move, you couldn't no, move for it at some yeah, point, exactly. You know, it was it was very very well marketed.
1: Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think it was almost a victim of its own success into the Kickstarter delivery. It's it's. In in retail, it's, it's been massive and, and hugely popular. You know, we've we've been out of stock on on items for on you know and, and waiting for for stocks to come in from China, etc. There's so, yeah, mm. certainly a lot of pain and lessons weren't, or experienced and learnt over the delivery of it for Kickstarter. I mean, you know, think that, unknown. Um, I've been. Were you at
0: the company at the time I when? No, I've mm.
1: been clearing that mess up this year. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're we are everything everyone should now have everything that they that they uh were should have had originally or you know missing yeah. items and stuff like that and it was a whole there was a whole raft of problems I think you know it was delayed and delayed because no one realized the sheer amount of effort there would be in the amount of graphic design that was required to mm. fulfill everything that had been been promised or even just the base game and stuff like that. The amount of,
0: yeah.
1: you know, and it was all during the excitement of the campaign. It's, you know, it was, the, so many things were promised, and like the, in the dungeon journal and stuff like that. Oh yeah, well, you know, every time we hit another three backers, we'll add another mission. It's like well, no one actually thinks that. <laughs> well, hang on, who's going to write this at the end of the day? You know, it's suddenly about, like, oh my god, they to write and it, You know, <laughs> and all those things. There is about
0: like, 150 missions in there. Yeah, I mean, it, when you got well, the box through, there was about four. There's about four different books. Yeah. And and they've all got different missions on them. You've got the adventurers kind of companion in there as well. Yeah. And um yeah, so I mean, I guess one of the parallels that I've looked at and one of the one of the things I've seen recently, I don't know if you've seen the kind of the Dark Souls board yeah. game. Yeah. And it kind of went you know, we've talked about it all the time, we've talked about it enough, but it funded really, really well. And when you were aware of that were you sitting there going guys (laughs) get the coffee on because you think you've made this amount of money you're going to have to catch up on your sleep now I mean um, do you when you see something really really funded and it's a surprise are you kind of thinking "Mm, guys uh, I hope you have a a kind of a better time than than maybe we had or no I think you
1: know if it's if it's an established company and they've done it before they know um i think if if it's um if it's a new company it's the first one they've done and it's gone big then that's going to hit them like a ton of bricks because they're going to you know after after a few days of realizing that all this this, they've suddenly got all this money and all their wildest dreams have come true and they can make everything they want they then realize yeah the logistics involved in making everything they want and getting it out to people it yeah. isn't quite as easy as they might have
0: thought the pr- Yeah, um, it was, I mean the Dark Souls stretch thing, I think it got to like stretch goal number 30 or 35 or something like that and they were just I mean we've always joked on previous episodes it was like they were just picking random things off the, the kind of the wish list of post-it notes that they had on the board just to, to put something Well, kind of at, out at
1: some point you, you do, you know, you obviously yeah, obviously just, go into yeah. a Kickstarter and you plan, okay, here's the minimum amount we need to fund and you know, if if we only got this much what you know what yeah. what what gets tooled, what you know how much do we need to to make that and produce it and ship it to people and obviously
0: yeah.
1: pay everyone's wages and everything to do that over that elapsed period of time and then you then you yeah. start working out your stretch goals and you work out okay what percentage of this is is acceptable to for for tooling and to put aside for buying the stock and and all that kind of stuff and you and you obviously you have a plan up to a point where you think, okay, well, this it can't possibly ever go further than this. And it does, that's when, that's when, you know, the excitement kicks in, adrenaline, uh, people on, comments and saying, oh, you could throw this in, you could throw this in, and everyone's like, yeah, that's a great idea, yeah, do that. And then, you know,
0: and then... It was, it was almost like there was a massive amount of enthusiasm at the Dungeons the Saga thing. That's like, well, well, why don't you make like, you know, other different coloured figures, so have red figures, have green figures as well, do blue figures, let's have some grey figures in there. And we're like going, yeah, do it, do it, do it now, do this as well, have these dungeon tile type things, do all that. And um, when when you were running in the Kickstarter campaigns that you're obviously running now, has that, well, without a shadow of a doubt, has that kind of made you look at how you're doing the future campaigns differently then?
1: Uh, yes, so we've, we've, we've uh, there's a, you know, with every Kickstarter campaign, you learn uh, to do, what not to do, how to pace a mm. campaign, how to, you know, how to, um, you know, if... It, it, uh, people, you know, you, you you have some stretch goals, but it may be that people are clamouring for the project to go in a particular direction. and say, okay, well, these two stretch goals are, cost us as much to do. But let's swap them. Let's swap them over because people want to see that earlier rather than later. So yeah, okay, yeah. we'll do that. That will work. You know, and that keeps everyone's interest up and, and the enthusiasm going. Do you
0: do you do like kind of the analysis behind it? Also, are you the kind of the sensible head. That's going around saying, actually, guys, if we do it this way, this is going to cost us, you know, 25k. If we do it this way, it's only going to cost us 17 Are you kind of being the kind of the voice of sanity in a lot of this? Well, yeah, but
1: there's a number of us that will look at that, and certainly Stuart from a product, from a Product development point of view Have a lot of that Hmm. knowledge Into the the campaign And you know There's there's things that people Don't think about You know Like you said People said, Oh you could do Some of these figures in red And so Well brilliant But by the time We get to China And China say Okay the minimum Water quantity of those Is 2000 Oh we only had six people (laughs) (laughs) Add add that as an add on (laughs) Oh my god um, so, you know, yeah. you've got all those things to consider as well and weights of things as well. And you th- you know, you look at it and you think, well, hang on, if we wanted to send this out as one package and the whole mm. thing is over two kilos, we now can't send it by Royal Mail, we have to send it by courier or whatever it is. All that doubles our shipping, you know, all those considerations to have as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, so, so if, kinda,
0: you kind of, yeah, so you, you've you got to plan all this and kind of making, making sure it. Yeah. Making sure it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, so you need you need a sensible plan going in, and then you have to be excited, but but remain sensible, and 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 be, just be wary of the you know how are we actually then going to do this, you know, make it and deliver it and get it to people within hmm. that budget, uh, etc. And you know, we we've looking going back and at our kickstarters, all that kickstarter money. Is almost consumed by by each Kickstarter. You know, you look at it and it's like, okay, the net. You know, everything <laughs> everything's done. It's all got to people. The net yeah. after everything's been paid for and everyone's been paid to do it is zero. Hmm. You know, <laughs> it, it balances out. It's like oh, I, actually, but at the end of it, you've then got you've also got a product that can go to retail. And at that point, it starts making it starts making money.
0: Yeah. Well, I've seen. I mean, I have seen it around, and um, I've seen it around. And there's a local comic shop near near myself and they stocking dungeon saga it's now a regular feature on a couple of um board game websites that i look at as well they seem to have it for sale so it's kind of uh, grown its own little grown its own kind of little set of legs um let's you know let's put away dungeon saga and you know one day i shall laugh at the companions manual and the size of it but um, moving forward, you're you've obviously there's um, there's been Dreadball 2. Yep. And there's also been the the Walking Dead campaign. Now, can people still go ahead and and can they jump in on the Walking Dead? Is that is that now closed or can people still kind of go and back that? Uh, can't
1: back that one anymore. We're taking pre-orders for the retail launch oh, on our website. Um the okay. kicks the all the charter first wave boxes um are all on actually they've gone to port, probably on a boat by now, um heading to the UK. Um so they'll be shipping out in October. Um and then there'll be a boat following on behind which will be the uh the retail stock um, which is a uh November November launch. Um, did you
0: um? Did you manage to dodge? I take it you've dodged the bullet with regards to the this. Uh, I think we mentioned briefly, kind of before we started recording, about the shipping company that's kind of gone bankrupt in I think it's Korea, in Korea um, and stopped a lot of vessels, kind of dead in their tracks. Basically, they are not allowed to kind of port. I take it you've managed to to kind of gracefully sidestep that. Yes, we weren't affected
1: by that, thankfully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you imagine that, just like putting it on and going, guess what guys, you'll never guess. <laughs> <laughs> Set, you might need to sit down. The big boat is stuck. Let me give you the geo-positioning so you can see exactly where it's stuck. Well, that's something that's I
1: mean, we, we often, you know, once the boat leaves China, we'll do it again, we'll do it again, we'll do an update uh, to the walking dead backers and look, here, it's this boat yeah. you can track it on this website yeah if it sits there not moving for several days oh, hang on a minute <laughs>
0: <laughs> you feel like that you get panicky and then you have to say well go on then Ronnie you check the comments I'm not checking the comments well you check the comments I don't know you publish the kickstarter you check the comments well who's going to respond then I don't know who have we got that we don't who have we got that's done a bad <laughs> job this week? <laughs> who turned up late for work, they can respond to the comments, but yeah, I mean it kinda you get the kind of the salty people in um Kickstarter now. I think people can be a bit more vocal um, and they always forget the cardinal rule, which is you're back in a project, backing it doesn't mean it's gonna? <laughs> It's gonna actually turn up, kind of thing. You Colin. Colin constantly goes on about the three D printer he's never ever had. So <laughs>
1: that's it. I mean, um, you're you're investing. I mean, you're investing, aren't you, in a, in a, in something new? Um, yeah. And um, you know, there's there's well, there's inevitable. Not not many kickstarters hit the dates that they they anticipate. You know, as 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 a company gets more experience, you know, they'll probably know that actually it's going to take that much longer than than I, th- yeah, than. I
0: think, in all fairness, I think, in all fairness, I think if you're the if you're expecting kind of these things to hit on the date, when there's so many factors that are kind of against. I mean, I don't. I've had guys hit early. I've, it's funny, I've had guys hit maybe a couple of weeks early because they've managed to avoid there seems to be a couple of windows like avoiding kinda of like the Chinese New Year celebrations.
1: Absolutely, yeah, about three weeks um, straight, everything that's happening in China. And
0: then and then yeah. yeah, and then just absolutely nothing happens and so everybody's stuck. But yeah, I think we always say on Kickst we always say when we're talking about Kickstarter, you know, buyer beware. You know, you've gotta, you know, take a look at the company, see what they've done before and stuff like that as well. The other thing is, do you think that with. Um, have you noticed a change in the number of kind of uptake that you're getting because of the exchange rates and things like that? Have you. Um, I have you... Think, no,
1: not really. Um, mm. I think, you know, America's becoming one of our bigger markets, or actually is our biggest market now mm. uh, this year. Um, so, you know, we do so our Kickstarters ex- in dollars. So. You know we've yeah. got, you know i don't think we've really noticed i mean some people might have um i mean i know there's 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 been talk of the kickstarter fatigue as well as people not wanting to you know they've done so many that you know they're kind of oh, not another one and not just from, from Mantic, but you know just in general no. um, and i mm. know we've lost we've, we've probably lost backers over dungeon saga uh, i'm sure we have and we've, we've cleared it all up now all the customer service issues are, um, are, are dealt with the first things i did when i got in was put in a proper help desk system for because of, yeah. because the way it was all managed before was was okay when the company was small and the customer base was small and the amount of issues coming in was small but when dungeon yeah. saga hit it was just you know it was, it was thousands of emails that people were just drowning in you know, no way of tracking yeah. them or getting back to customers and people were waiting months for replies and stuff, and we just had to just you uh, just had to deal with that um, yeah. and we've got a position now where you know someone can come in one person can come in and by lunchtime they're done with all the tickets you know and then get on and do something else but I know we lost a lot of faith with people um, over over Dungeons and we're, we're completely aware of that. We've got a survey out at the moment, actually, um, to okay. asking asking people, you know, what what is your experience with Mantic, with Kickstarters, you know, what what do we do well, what do we do bad, what you know, mm. would you back another one? If not, why not? You know, just just to either um, to, you know to find out what we don't know and to, um, yeah. just to see what you know. Yes, we we um, we acknowledge that. We do well and we do stuff not so well. Mm. You know, and we have made mistakes in the past and here's how we're gonna do we moving forwards.
0: Yeah. I think the old the all, the only one that I've ever um kind of narks me a bit is if the backers get stuff after it's or at the same at the same time as it's maybe kinda of hitting retail. And that's maybe a petulant little schoolboy way of looking at things, but I think uh, you know, um I guess if you think, well, I've put the faith in it, I'd like to get my hands in it before kind of um, maybe other people did. But yeah, I mean, apart, apart, it, apart it's something
1: Ronnie's always been very keen on to make sure that Kickstarter yeah. the backers get their stuff before it goes to retail, and we always try to plan that. But you know, yeah. things sometimes you know. Oh no, that wasn't a,
0: that wasn't a I go. At you, that wasn't a go at you no, guys either. <laughs> you know, I was seeing it in the store, but you know.
1: Yeah. I think it is something, think, you know, again, something that happens, I think, uh, you, you see that, you to comment on the forums and stuff all over the place, I think, you know, I think it's a lot of people, it's it kind of, it's almost an expectation that as a Kickstarter back, you'll get your stuff. but I think even if, if I take a step back as a, as a customer, and you know, nothing to do with magic or anything else, I mean, I don't think I would have, if it had arrived at the same time as ever, was it was going to retail or even a little bit afterwards i probably got it for mm-hmm. half the price that people are buying it in retail, and probably got a whole load of cool stuff extra as well. So, mm, yeah. kind of swings and roundabouts. Uh.
0: Yeah. Do you um? Do you get? I mean, do you have a fine collection of Mantic games on your shelf then?
1: Uh, I do quite a large collection, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, bizarrely, since I've started, since I started working for Mantic being here, I don't think I've bought. You know, I, just is gone. Well, no, gone. I just haven't had time. I hasn't gone, I just have had time. I've had no time <laughs> to do any painting, no time to do any, anything really. Um, are you
0: uh, a bit of a paint, are you a painter of the models kind of thing? Uh
1: yes. And uh, but um I think probably like most people like in uh, fits and starts I'll have a period where I've, I've got I've got time to painting and I've got the enthusiasm for painting and I'll get a load done and there'll be times no. where I just look at it and think, oh, no I can't do that. But I'll so buy I'll, right. but I'll buy some more and add to the pile.
0: I'm all right painting, as long as you're quite happy to have something that looks like it's like chewing gum <laughs> dipped in multicolored bits of paint. Basically, that's where I'm, that's. Where I used to be really good. I actually do paint and I draw, but I'm not very good at doing models. They always end up looking like they're kind of Alice Cooper, because I end up putting too much black in the eye sockets and then try to do the eyeballs, put white on top of them, and they just look absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. I could, to be I, honest.
1: I could never let anyone else paint my models for me. And I've, I've, <laughs> but as I've got in the last few years, I've got you know, running, running out of time, or not having time to do stuff. I've kind of relaxed that, that uh, my standards on that, and I now, I'm happy for other people to paint, even if they're just doing not just the basic colours and stuff like that. It's like, well, that's the boring bit out of the yeah, way. Yeah. I'll put the detail on and, and finish the bases off and stuff like that.
0: Um, the last um, the last guy we spoke well the, the the previous episode the the episode that aired just before this one will um the guy was one of the he won um gary Devereaux, his name as he won kind of golden demon awards so he's one of these guys where you look at something and you just like go how, how do you even paint that? Kind of thing. It's kind of like details. It's like, what have you done? If you look at the book, I've actually written a poem in it. Kind of thing. And this is like a, a, a two and a half inch high miniature or something. Yeah. Like, if that, you know, it's that kind of thing. So he's, he's. That was um. That was quite kind of quite impressive. What's um, what's next from Mantic? I mean, obviously we've we've talked about The Walking Dead, which I'm going to take a look at because it sounds kind of interesting. What's next for you guys? Going forward, I mean, obviously, I don't expect you to give me... I expect you, obviously, to, to send me the Dropbox, uh, a spreadsheet of everything you're doing totally. for the next 18 months, if you do, if you don't mind. Um, You just have to say yes. Yeah, I'll just mash the keyboard a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, put,
1: I'll make some exactly. stuff
0: up, yeah. He's doing My Little, He's doing the My Little Pony dungeon attack saga? No, no <laughs> I think over. that's
1: Alessio. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing something. He's injured his My
0: Little it's Pony a, at the moment. I mean... Is there anything you've got coming out that you can mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got for, uh, for Kings of War, so which is our, you know, our big tabletop Mass Battle yeah. War game, we've got Kings of War Historical, which comes out, uh, is at the Prince's at the moment? And that comes out uh, at the end of this month. Um, okay. And our Compendium as well, which is our first attempt at like a, a catalogue, but, but plus it's got some gaming content and stuff in it as well. Um, and if that is right. popular we'll do that either annually or maybe maybe uh, you know every, every six months or so um and <laughs> just refresh that um we we've got our first half novel um coming oh, out okay. which we're printing um that'll be out i think december so in christmas okay. along with um compilation of dead zone short stories which has been available it, it, it was, that was done as part of the original dead zone uh,
0: kickstarter
1: yeah. and has been available digitally we're having that physically printed so that'll be a book um as part of the dungeon saga kickstarter um yeah, yeah. Two adventure game books we're going back to our fighting fantasy um i the first one of those that's currently also being physically printed um, and that will be available to, uh, in December as well. So all looks will get released in December.
0: Did you did you have a go of it then? Have you actually sat down and tried to play it, or have, again is this you just not having time? Uh,
1: well, I wrote it. I wrote that one. You wrote it. Yeah, oh, i sorry. Wrote, wrote it. it. Yeah, yeah, i, wrote sorry, I um, So Whoa. and I've got and I'd started. I'd sketched out what the second book would be, um, yeah. uh, but um, not having time to write it, a guy like Tom Pike who's uh, who's uh, writing that one. and uh, should see the first draft of that in the next couple of weeks, and then we'll print that one too. So hopefully that that gets you know that nostalgia for everyone kicks back in again. That gets popular, and then that might become a, a long running series. So, uh, so you're
0: a, so you're a you're a painter. You're a gamer. You're a writer. Are you a singer, Matt? Do you sing? Uh, no, that'll be Is there anything the time. you don't do?
1: <laughs> I don't sing.
0: <laughs> Well, there you go then. That's an exclusive from We Are Not Wizards. <laughs> Matt Gilbert, master of everything except singing. <laughs> um,
1: what else we got coming out? So yeah, I mean the rest the rest of the year, kind of yeah you know, October onwards is really all about King Dead. Um, and then we've got mm. w- Retail Waves two, three, and four, which take us all out to the end of next year. Of that, so it's kind of every four months the next wave comes out. Very like like mm. very much like an X Wing model. Um, of, of release uh, so there's an expansion and there's more more uh, figure boosters for each wave um, yeah. we've got more more stuff coming up for the war throughout the year uh, we've got a source book big source book because everyone's after more background more fluff and stuff like that that's going to be at the end of the year and that will be influenced so There's a, a you know a, a portion of that and the, and the world map will be influenced by a big summer campaign which we want to run uh, next year during the summer, and the outcome of that will influence what then finally goes into that source book and what the map looks like. So that'll be quite, quite
0: a. Uh, quite so you are kind of you're kind of going slightly games workshopy in that you're building up like a universe around. Yeah,
1: well we've got two. Oh, so we've got the fan- kind of yeah we've got the of, fantasy yeah. one, which is set in the world of yeah. uh, of uh, mantica, original name there. Um, <laughs> and then there's our much much bigger kind of the Warpath universe, which is where Dead Zones set. Um, and it's yeah. you where know, the warpath game and firefight will all, all all be set. Um, Dungeon Sagas is set in the in the fantasy, the Mantica world. What the adventure game books are as well. Um, and we're, what we're trying to do as well is make is have characters and events and storylines and threads in each universe tie into the games. Um, mm. so um, in um, Dungeon Saga, some of those characters appear in one of the um uh kings of war books um some of the events That's from nice some plan. of the events from that and dungeon saga are mentioned in my game book you know so just try that kind of world building stuff um and for um probably the, the big kickstarter that we're uh, about to do um, and will for delivery next year it will be what everyone's calling dungeon saga in space which is what oh no
0: hold the phone let's see Dungeon Saga in space which
1: is going to be Star Saga
0: really and when's that coming out
1: that um, will be uh, this month Kickstarter will start really and we think this is going to be we're very excited for it we've been playtesting it we've been kind of teasing
0: it out there my my little years have definitely pricked up because um yeah I'll be checking it. as so we will check I guess the proof of the pudding with the whole dun- with the dungeon saga saga is to see what people make of of star saga and you know what the the backing levels are going to be um we oh, we've, we've like. taken I think
1: one one of the, we're going to tackle it in a couple of ways. we're going to say you know these are the things we know we got wrong with with dungeon saga these are the re- these are the reasons that dungeon saga were, were great um, that everyone thinks is great. You know, everyone's out there playing it. It's been a massive success at retail, etc., etc. Um, um, we're going to do that again. We're laying, we're laying on top. Here's how we the rules, made them better. How they now fit in and more into the, on the in the sci-fi bit. Here's what we are and aren't doing. So we'll make it much, much clearer. We weren't very clear with uh, what the Adventurous Companion wasn't, and it became through the excitement of the campaign and everything else, it became something that wasn't possible for the rules to support really. Um, so I think yeah. a lot of, a lot of people are using it and a lot of people are having fun with it. A lot of people yeah. a lot of people equally found it kind of unsatisfactory and didn't quite match their expectations. So we're gonna be very clear up front what we are and what we aren't doing and what what, what the game is yeah. It,
0: yeah.
1: It, we've built in things like um, solo play and cooperative play into the mm-hmm. core rules so it works and the same set of cards works whether there's a an overlord player or no overlord player it's the same same yeah. same deck of cards it works in you know, all exactly the same way um it's a set of mercenaries but um and the way we're working is very narrative based much more rpg like a lot more light than du- even dungeon mm. songs much more um, so it's a whole narrative campaign you know you, you're reading out what's happening me, me, lots more puzzle in the rooms. There's no. Well, one of the things with Dungeon Saga was that most games ended with the timeout on the cards. It's, it's, yeah. We've got rid of that. It's, it's a lot more story-driven. There's puzzles to solve. You have to do things in certain orders, but you won't know that as you go through. you exploring. You, you suddenly figure that out. Um, and that's that's driven all the way through. One of the things we always wanted also wanted to do is tr- is give people a, a choice in the characters they play. So, well, what we might do? Is yeah, because that was dictated. Yeah, you, wasn't it? we were kind of dictated. Yes, but then yeah. you can take any four. So we will balance the game, oh, right. so you can tailor your uh, force that you're taking in to complete their mission to your playing style or whatever it was. But and actually, the game might play did so every time you play the game, it's going to play in a different way. Um, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of backstory written written around it as well. So we want it. We want to be. Narrative, evocative uh, feeling to the game, and then obviously in terms of stretch goals and things like that, we'll look at expansions and you know where do they go next, and maybe fo- maybe going into different, maybe you know doing an Asterian one or a, a Forge Fathers one or something. You know, there's, there's are you one. gonna
0: be are you gonna be doing a box in the shape of a rocket ship? <laughs>
1: We're not no
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is, are you ever ever gonna do a box? Another box in the shape of a book or an inanimate object, or is that being put to one the side? But Dungeon
1: Saga, I mean, we we discussed whether the book box was too, uh, too complicated to continue to make, made it hard for us to produce elsewhere, you know, in the factory and stuff like that, but, you know, we, I think we found other suppliers for that, so we'll continue anything Dungeon Saga related, we'll probably, con- we'll probably continue a in box. the book box because it continues the theme. <laughs> I think but Star for, Saga
0: will not come in the shape of a big it star it won't be in a
1: big star no uh, <laughs> we're not looking at a box what we're, what we're probably looking at with with, with um, Star Saga is probably a box would probably be a square box but we'll probably um, to paint it you know in terms of the, the graphic the arts on it will look like a th- something 3D you know so sort like of oh, cool. look, look like a box you think oh hang on oh no it's not it's not that shape it's you know, so yeah, you know, that, that's Ronnie's idea. He's seen he seen some boxes like it. And he's like, oh yeah, I want
0: to do right, like okay. that. You know, he, so he wants that ideas. now. He wants it, and you've now got to go back and cost it for him. <laughs> well, or to, yeah, to
1: deliver it basically. Yeah, so I want one of these. Yeah. and then eight just months get later, me one yeah. of these. It's like and later,
0: Ronnie, yeah, this is this isn't just a donut or something like that, mate. I can't just go down to Tesco's and get it for you. This is going to take time, and you've got to cost it up for him basically. Yeah. <laughs> this is all good. Um, um. Thank you for this. I mean, one of the things we do on the show is we do shout-outs. and obviously, um, as we say to everybody else, I'm not going to make you sit here and listen while I rattle off a list of people folks should go and pay attention to. But if people are wanting to um, catch up with what um, Mantic do, because I'm, you know, normally I give people the opportunity to say. Oh yeah, here's my here's my Twitter account. I don't, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't blame if you didn't want to kind of give out anyway, because uh, we've kind of communicated through email, and I don't mean that in a kind of you know thingy way, but if people want to see what Mantic is going to be up to in the next couple of months um how how would they what's the best way to kind of go and get your mantic fix uh i'll
1: jump onto the website manticgames.com sign up for the newsletter Mm -hmm. so we get a a newsletter will go out at least every friday um um, Mm. sometimes sometimes more often um we've got a new guy who's just joined us who's doing all our social media and stuff like that and he's he's putting um he's kind of doing um, a weekly roundup video that that's on the he goes on straight onto Facebook every week and he's, he's, he's dropping videos and his content every day really, and he's, he's picked up on Twitter and Instagram and everything else, so he's all over our social media, so if you just search for Mantic Games on um, on Facebook, you'll, uh, you'll find a ton of stuff on there you as find well it, we? um, Good. and actually Good. that's it's Rob Berman, I don't know if you, you know the name, he did um, the tabletop uh, magazine
0: oh yeah I know yeah yeah It yeah. used to be editor Rob, yeah. of tabletop Mag. Uh, we
1: poached him <laughs> so did I, you know I, him? yeah I met him um, over the summer so he's now our, he's now in our part of a, effectively part of our, our marketing social media team
0: it's that that's where he went is it because I've uh, because um, I'm aware of who his replacement is uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, who so. is also who is also a man by the name of Matt yeah yeah so there you go <laughs> But I'm sure you're 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 probably still speaking to them anyway about um, about um, chat, chatting about um, what you guys are going to be up to up to anyway. Um, I this has been I I hope you've had a bit of fun because I've certainly had a a lot of fun. It's been interesting. It's certainly been interesting for me. Um. Um. Been good fun. I might, I
1: might have rambled, <laughs> but <laughs> it's been
0: good. No, no, uh no. I mean it's not like that. I mean if there's anybody that can be accused of rambling, it's my good self. <laughs> you know that's that's how we go. Um so yeah, I mean if as you know, as Matt said, if you wanna get yourself onto the Googles and search for mantic games and you'll be able to pick them up on your Instagrams and your Twitters and your Facebooks of this world, if you want to check out what we're doing Then you can follow us on uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash we are not wizards. We are also on Twitter. You can get us an email, which is magic at we are not wizards.com or .co.uk. You can find us in all the usual podcast haunts, your Stitcher, your Acast. And we're also on iTunes. If you like what you hear, um, please drop us a little rate and a review and a subscribe, and that would be lovely. Um. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, Matt. I've I've really have uh, kind of enjoyed having you on. Um, Thank you. Really I good. think the the one thing to leave it's no. I've really really enjoyed speaking to you. I think the one thing to remember is that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we? Are we wizards, Matt? Well, we are definitely not wizards. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well not not well maybe it depends what happens when i turn over the next page for the scenario I might have to be a wizard maybe, yeah. in the next never game of dungeon saga know. um but in <laughs> but until then it's uh it's a goodbye from me and uh, it's a goodbye from matt goodbye. bye bye